Hello my friends, this is Pastor Christopher Alam in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well and I'm glad to be able to share the Word of God with you again today. And we are talking about uh, the blood covenant and uh, we are talking about the Yahweh names, the compounded Yahweh names, which, is, which was God's covenant name. And now we are going to talk about Yahweh Sitkenu, which means uh, this is one of the names of God. I am the Lord, your righteousness. God promised Israel, uh, Abraham and his, his children, Israel, that he would be their righteousness if they kept the covenant and lived by faith. So this was God's promise to them. And I'm repeating a little bit from what I said yesterday. He says, and Abraham believed in God, believed in the Lord. And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. That means that Abraham fully trusted the Lord. He gave it, this word belief is a self-giving faith. A faith not where you just mentally agree to something and say, yeah, I believe in it, but this is a different kind of faith. This is a faith you actually give yourself. So Abraham gave himself to the Lord. He trusted in the Lord. He relied on the Lord, totally gave himself to the Lord. And the Lord looked at his faith and counted it as righteousness. And then he, he promised, he promised to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, your righteousness. That means I will be your righteousness. Hallelujah. So, and in James chapter two, verse 23, the same thing is referred to, uh, you know, refer, referring to Genesis 15, six. And James said, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and which was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. In fact, it's interesting when I was a Muslim, it was even in the Quran that Abraham was Khalil Allah, which means Abraham was the friend of God. So Abraham, he believed God and gave himself totally to God. And because of that, God gave, made him righteous. He was counted as being righteous and he was called as the friend of God. So now that I want to understand, I want you to understand that all these covenant blessings, okay, all these blessings of the covenant, I am the Lord, I'm the Lord, the ever present one. I'm the Lord, your healer, which we're going to study. Yahweh Rapha is coming, you know, down a couple of days from now. And now I'm the Lord, your righteousness. They were not automatic by default, but they were received by faith alone. That's why Israel had to keep the covenant and keeping the covenant means faith. If they didn't, you see, God can promise whatever, you know, is in his heart he can promise and his word and his promises are powerful but his word cannot come to pass in our lives until we have faith in what God says and you understand that so sometimes people have this attitude about about you know the people of Israel oh you know they are blessed because they are Jews no they are not blessed automatically because they are Jews they are blessed by faith in Christ so all the blessings of God because I, I, you know, I want you to look at it this way, you know, just, just think of it. Just stay with me. When I preach to Christians, I tell them that we have a covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you have all these wonderful blessings that God has promised you, but they're conditional to faith and obedience. And then I can go to Jewish people and say, well, you know what? God has a covenant with you. God has wonderful blessings to you. 
and they're yours just because you're a Jew and faith and obedience are not required. Well, if that was the case, it is better that we convert to Judaism than give our lives to Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't work that way. Faith, God's covenant works only through faith. And so it was with the people of Israel. Abraham, the thing about Abraham was he was a man of faith. And that is, you know, that was the basis on which God dealt with him. Yes, God had a covenant with Abraham, but for Abraham to walk in his covenant with God, he had to have faith. And that faith was the self-giving kind of faith when he gave himself to the Lord. And, um, you know, when you give yourself totally to the Lord and you keep his covenant, then all these covenant blessings come upon you. And you know what? I would say this. These covenant blessings are so wonderful. They are worth giving your life for. They're really worth giving everything for because the dividends, I mean, are so great. What God promises are far greater than any man could ever attain. So God gave these wonderful promises to the people of Israel. And so, uh, as I said, I want to repeat this, that the covenant of God is not default. It's not automatic that just because a person, he, he claims to be, you know, of Jewish heritage or blood, he's automatically blessed. It doesn't work. Faith has to play in. Faith is a must. So anyway, uh, let's look at Galatians 3 verses 6 to 9. It says, thus Abraham believed in <coughs> and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God. And it was reckon, reckoned and placed to his account as credited as righteousness, as conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought and action. Know and understand that it is really the people who live by faith who are the true sons of Abraham. It's the people who live by faith who are the true sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify, declare righteous the Gentiles in consequence of faith, Proclaim the gospel, foretelling the glad tidings of a savior long beforehand to Abraham in the promise, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by Abraham with the believing and trusting Abraham. Now, this is interesting. It's talking about Abraham and the covenant. And listen to me. This is what he says here. He talked about Abraham, how Abraham believed in. And he trusted the Lord. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Abraham believed in God and he adhered to and trusted in the Lord. And because of that, he was declared righteous. Right. I've read this to you before, but it's repeated in Galatians. It's interesting. This is repeated in several places. And so in Galatians 3, it says that Abraham believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So. But here the emphasis is on the fact that Abraham believed and trusted on the Lord. So it says in verse 7, the next verse, he says, So it is really the people who live by faith who are the true sons of Abraham. So who are the true sons of Abraham? It's those who really live by faith who are the sons of Abraham. Because you remember, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he says, You say you're sons of Abraham. He was very blunt. He said, You say you're sons of Abraham. But you are not sons of Abraham. You are the servants. You are the sons of your father, the devil, because you do his works. It's interesting. He said that to the Pharisees who claimed to be sons of Abraham. They said, we are the sons of Abraham. 
And Jesus said, you're not the sons of Abraham. You're the sons of your father, the devil, because you do his works. So here in Galatians, Paul makes it very clear that it's not only Abraham's physical, biological offspring, that is the Jewish people who are his uh, the children, uh, children of Abraham, but the true children of Abraham are those who live by faith. And so it says here, and the scripture foreseeing, this is verse 8 in Galatians 3, the scriptures could foresee that God would declare uh, righteous the Gentiles, that not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles who put their trust in him would be declared righteous. God would justify the Gentiles as because of faith. So God knowing, this is interesting, God who knows the future, God could see into the future and he could see that there'd be Gentiles who would, uh, 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 I mean, those who are not the physical, biological children of Abraham, but they, because of their faith, as a consequences of their faith, he says they would be justified and be righteous along with Abraham. So God declared this and he said to Abraham that through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That is wonderful. So God's, you know, so in, in Galatians 12, when uh, I'm sorry, in Genesis 12, when God said to Abraham, uh, he says through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. This is interesting. Paul says that God said this to Abraham because God knew that in the days to come that the Gentiles would come into the faith of Abraham through faith in Jesus. And just like Abraham was declared righteous because of their faith, they would be declared righteous because of their faith. So Gentiles would come into the household of God, not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles. So God foreseeing that this, this would happen, said to Abraham, Abraham, through your faith, through you, shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. So I was saying that before, you know, when Jesus says, uh, I will bless you through you all, you know, every family or every household in this world shall be blessed. I said that to you. And that was not that God was excluding anyone that you, whether you're for or Israel, that for or against Israel, everything stands or falls with that. No, that was, if you look at the, that impression you get only if you look at the first part of the verse that, oh, so God is saying for or against Israel. No, firstly, God was not talking to Israel. He was talking to Abraham. And then he said to Abraham that Abraham through you, all nations of the earth will be blessed because God knew there will come a time that the faith of Abraham, there'll be many Gentiles, people like you and me who are watching this, who will um, come into the kingdom of God, who would have the faith of Abraham. And because you and I would have the faith of Abraham, we will be the true sons of Abraham along with the Jewish people. We would all come and we'd be branches of the same tree. So Jews, Gentiles, we will all come together and we'll all be one. So it is only those who are of faith, whether they be Jews or Gentiles, there'll be a new creation. We will all come you know, uh, together and be one. That's the wonderful thing that Jesus does. And then he said that, uh, uh, that God foreseeing that said to Abraham, Abraham, through you, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. And verse nine. So he says, so then those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored with God, with the believing and trusting Abraham. So he says, so those of us 
who who have who are people of faith who have faith in Jesus Christ whether you be black or white or chinese or asian or whatever culture whatever nation you come from uh jew or gentile or greek whatever where you come from if you have faith you are become one with abraham you receive the blessings of abraham hallelujah but anyway so we are talking about god said i am the lord your righteousness so god promised to promise the people of israel I'm going to make you righteous, give you righteousness. Now, let me give you uh, some scriptures that show you uh, how God promised to the people of Israel that he would be their righteousness. And Jeremiah 23 verse 6, it says, In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name by which he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. He says, in his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name by which he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah. This is Yahweh Sidkenu. Exodus 15, 12. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Then Isaiah chapter 12, um, chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Isaiah 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord and my soul will exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. So you see that even in the old covenant, it was, it, even in the days of, let me put this way, rephrase myself, even in the days of the Old Testament, it was not all about the law. It was also about the covenant. When it says, the Lord has become my salvation. That's what the psalmist says. Isaiah said, the Lord has become my salvation. And Jeremiah said, the Lord is my righteousness. Hallelujah. So that concept that, you know, the blood covenant, the Lord said, I'm Yahweh Sidkenu. I'm the Lord, your righteousness. Now, the next name, Yahweh name we shall study is Yahweh Nissi. It means I am the Lord, your banner. I'm the Lord, your banner of victory. The Lord promised them, promised Abraham and the people of Israel to always be their banner of victory. I will give you victory. Now, let's look at Exodus 17 verses 10 to 5. Look, here's some examples of how the Lord became their victory. Exodus 17, 10 to 15. So Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the hilltop. Aaron and Hur was his assistants. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy and grew weary. So the other man took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on this other side. So his hands were steady, steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua mowed down and disabled Amalek and his people with the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. And Moses 
build an altar and call the name of it. The Lord is my banner. Yahweh Nissi. Hallelujah. So that's where, you know, he says Moses, he built an altar. And what had happened was that they were fighting the Amalekites and Moses and his assistants, Aaron and Hur, were on the hilltop. And the Lord had said, you go and fight them and I'm going to give you victory. So he said, the Lord, and, 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 and the Lord said, just hold up your hands. As long as you hold up your hands, you'll have the victory. So Moses held up his hand. But then he was an old man. His hands got tired. He lowered them. And as soon as his, his hands were lowered, the Amalekites, they won. They had the upper hand. And so Moses lifted up his hand again. And Israelites, the upper hand. Finally, Aaron and her held up his arms. They put a stone under him where he could sit down and they, a rock, and then they held up his hands, Aaron one and, and, and her the other, and they held up Moses' arms and the Israelites prevailed. And so Moses, what he did, he built an altar there and called that altar Yahweh Nissi. I'm the Lord, your banner of victory. Hallelujah. Joshua 1 verses 5 to 9. And this is what God said to Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong, confident and of good courage. For you shall cause these people to inherit the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. It says, I will be with you like I was with Moses. So you are going to win, the Lord said, because I'm your banner. I'm with you like I was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong, confident and of good courage for you shall cause these people to inherit the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. Just be, verse 7, only be, only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your prosperous and you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, vigorous and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is interesting. God said, look, Joshua, I'm going to be with you like I was with Moses. You saw how I was, I was with Moses. I'll be the same with you. I'll never leave you or forsake, not forsake you. But this is what you have to do. You have to keep the word of God in your heart and you sh yeah, meditate on it. And you have to keep the word of God in your mouth. So you meditate on the word in your heart and you speak. That's what he meant. It shall not depart from your mouth. You have to keep the word of God in your mouth. Speak the word. And then... You stay with the word, don't go to the left, don't go to the right, you stay with the word and be strong and be courageous. If you do these things, you are going to win because I will make sure that you will win. I will never leave you or forsake you. So, you know, in the covenant, as I said, it doesn't come automatically. Faith plays a part. So God said to Joshua, I will do this, but you, this is what you have to do. I will give you victory wherever you go, but you stay with my word, you speak my word, you be strong, don't go to the left, don't go to the right, and be full of courage, doesn't matter what happens, you stay the course and I'll be with you. Hallelujah. And Joshua chapter 6, verses 2 to 20. Uh, let me read this, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty man of valor. And ye shall encomp encompass the city, 
all ye men of war and go around the city about uh, go about the city once this thus shalt thou do six days and seven priests shall bear the ark seven trumpets of rams horns and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times and the priests shall blow, blow the trumpets and shall come to pass and when they shall make a long blast with the ram's horn and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him so what happened you know when they crossed the river jordan and they entered into canaan's land the first conquest they faced was the city of jericho it was a huge wall city with high walls fortified and they didn't know how to take it and god told joshua this is what you do he says listen i'm going to give you the victory but i want you to march around the city wall seven times carrying the ark of the covenant and i'll be with you seven times after you've gone down the seven seven uh, you know uh, the uh, the seven days you've gone out he said the first day you go one one round second day you go around the wall once and the seventh you go seven times when you've gone the seven times you blow the trumpets and you see what happens the walls are going to come down so moses uh, so joshua he called the people he said this is what we are going to do this is our military strategy we're going to march around the walls and on the seventh day we'll go seven times and they will give a loud shout we're going to shout and when we shout and the trumpets are blown the wall is going to fall down and it happens that's what they did they did for six days and on the seventh day they went around the city seven times and said verse 16 and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets Joshua said to the people shout for the Lord has given you the city and the city shall be accursed even it uh, even it and all that are therein to the Lord only Rahab the prostitute the harlot shall live she and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we said send and ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing let ye make yourself accursed and when ye take up the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew their trumpets. And it came to pass when the Lord heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat. So the people went up to the city, every man straight before him and they took the city. So this is how they, you know, how they, how they took the city of Jericho. Then it says, uh, um, look, look at Joshua 10, 8, 15. Then the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. It's interesting because Joshua was a warrior. He was a general. He was an officer and he sought a strategy from God. And God would say, listen, you do what I tell you to do. I have given you the victory. And Joshua would obey and God would give him the victory. It says, Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter in Gibeon and chased them all the way that goes up to Bethoron and smote them in Azekah and into Makeda. And um, anyway, there's, you know, and uh, anyway, we let's look at verse 14. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of the man for the Lord fought for Israel. The Lord fought for Israel. The Lord said, I'm Yavanissi. I'm your banner of victory. And he actually fought for Israel. And Joshua returned and all Israel with him unto the camp at Gilgal. 
and and say let's see Joshua 10 I, I like it's just amazing there's so much in these scriptures Joshua 10 verses 29 to 32 then Joshua passed from Makeda and all Israel with him unto Libna and fought against Libna and the Lord delivered it also and the king thereof into the hand of Israel and he smote it with the edge of the sword and all the souls that were therein he let none remain in it but he did unto the king thereof as he did to the king of Jericho and Joshua passed from Libna and all Israel unto him unto Lachish and encamped around it and fought against it and the Lord delivered Lachish into the hand of Israel which took it on the second day and smote it with the edge of the sword. Anyway, then uh, look at Joshua 23 verses 5 to 11. It says in verse 5, And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them out from your sight, and you shall possess their land as the Lord your God has promised you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of law of Moses, that you do not turn aside to the right or the left. You see, it worked only as long as they stayed with the word. Lord says, I will give you the victory. I'll do all this. You have to do this. All you have to do is um, stay with me. And then he says, and that ye come not among these nations, those that remain strong among you, uh, remain among you, neither make mention of the names of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourself unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great nations and strong nations, but as for you, no man has been able to stand before you until this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God. He it is that fighteth for you as he has promised you. Take heed therefore unto yourself that you love the Lord your God. Amen. Now, this is interesting. Judges chapter 6, okay, uh, from verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. This is interesting because, you see, as long as they stayed with God, they had the victory. It was not automatic, but when they sinned, when they sinned, the enemy prevailed. And look at, look at what happened. Verse 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the, the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And, and it says they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth, destroyed their crops. And you come to Gaza and they left no sustenance, no food for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor anything. And they came to their cattle and their tents and they, they just entered and destroyed everything. And then verse 6 says, and the Israelites were greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. So the people of Israel who were well off and prosperous, they became poor. And then they cried unto the Lord. And when the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, then God sent a prophet. When they cried out unto the Lord in the backslidden state, God sent a prophet and the prophet prophesied. And then the next thing you know, uh, the Lord, angel of the Lord came to a young man called Gideon and said to him, Gideon was an ordinary guy and said, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? 
And where are all his miracles that our fathers told me about? Didn't the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked on him and said to him, Go in this thy might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And then he said, O Lord, how will I save them? Because my family is poor. I am a poor from a poor family in the tribe of Manasseh. And not only that, but I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites at one man. And that was Gideon. And so Gideon, you know, finally uh, he, he went to fight the Midianites, okay? And then he said, look at what Lord. Lord says, uh, the people who are with you are too many to give the Midianites. He says, because if you win, if I help you, he says, he says look at your army, the, the Israelites. You, I'm, I'm going to go with you. But if you fight them with this army and you win, then you will say, we did it. I don't want you to be able to say that you guys did it. He said, so he began to reduce. I'm not going to go to the whole process, but he reduced Gideon's army from 10,000 to 300 men. And the Lord said, fine. Now you send these 300 men and you see what happens. And Gideon, he led 300 men into battle and he defeated the mighty army of the Midianites. But the lesson here was the Lord says, I don't want you to go with your 10,000 men because you go with your 10,000 and I'm with you. I give you the victory. Then you'll say that, oh, I did it. The Lord said, no, 300. And Gideon went and fought with 300. Yahweh see, I am the Lord, your banner of victory. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the victory that we have because of the covenant we have with you through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, Continue to bless my brothers and sisters. Put your hand upon each one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you.